Welcome to Real Food, Real Conversations with Sophia DeSantis, where we focus on finding our happy balance between salad and fries. I'm so excited to have you back to Real Food, Real Conversations with me and today, my special guest. Um, we today are going to talk with Meg, and we're going to talk about actually something that I um, like to call my kryptonite, which is hilarious <laughs> because I am known to be like this healthy person. Um, we're going to talk about water, and um, water is literally the hardest thing for me to do, which is insane. But before I do that, I want to have Meg introduce herself because she's awesome. I've been following her for a long time and I know you guys are going to love her. Thank you so much. Yeah. So my name is Meg Carber. I am a dietitian nutritionist. My office is located in Huntersville, which is just outside the Charlotte, North Carolina area, but I'm also online. Um, and I specialize in really helping my clients reconnect with and understand their bodies. And I am super passionate about hydration. I often go on tangents on Instagram about it. So I think that's why you're like, Hey, let's chat about this. So here <laughs> <Yeah>. we are. <laughs> yes, totally. And it's just, it's just funny. Like I said, water is so hard for me and I don't know yeah. why. Um, I have tried all the things. Um, it might just, part of me believes that it's just really because I love to eat. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I feel like I'd rather have food in my stomach than water. Which so crazy. <laughs> well, technically, especially if you're eating a, a really plant-based diet, you're getting some hydration through your fruits and vegetables. So maybe, maybe it kind of evens out. Yeah, it may be, that might be it. I mean, it's, you know, what's interesting is that like when I was pregnant, they say like, oh, you need to drink all this water. And my OB was like, just drink when you're thirsty because yeah. I struggled with that, especially with pregnancy. Cause you know, you read all these things and they're like, oh, if you're dehydrated, you can start having contractions and like mm -hmm. so many things you've read. And I, I just always struggled with it. So I don't know, maybe it is cause I eat you know, a lot of fruits and veggies that my body like absorbs it. Um, but then I do have moments where I, I go through periods where I'm super thirsty. So I do drink when I'm thirsty. It's not like I ignore it. Um, yeah. but well, why don't you tell us a little bit about, you know, why you're so passionate about hydration? Like, why is it so good for us? Why do we need hydration of water versus like, you know, sometimes, you know, you'll hear like my kid, my kids don't really, I don't buy soda, but like you'll hear kids say, Oh, I'm thirsty. Can I have a juice? And I'm like, no, drink some water. You're, you're thirsty. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm so passionate about hydration because first of all, like uh, the majority of my business, probably like 90% of it is just one-on-one -on -one sessions with clients. So when I go to like an online platform where I'm talking to a large audience, I really struggle to tailor my message from that one-on-one -on -one personalized to like a broader audience. So I feel like hydration is easy because everybody drinks or needs to drink. But I also, I've been a dietitian for like eight and a half years now. And I feel like that's the number one issue I still see so commonly is most people just do not drink enough. And so it's a really like simple goal for people to set. And most people probably listening to this need to have it be a goal and don't drink enough water. So I feel like I'm so passionate talking about it because like you said, like it kind of seems silly to have it be something we struggle with because it can be so simple. Um, but it's also super like powerful hydration and dehydration influence almost every single process in our body. So I think when I'm talking to clients about like, what's a good quick fix to get you feeling better um, or help you start to improve some of your habits, drinking more water is almost always going to be beneficial. So that's usually totally. where we start. Well, 
And also like I find sometimes like with my kids is when, especially I'm in Southern California and it's warm and sometimes like right now we're going through a heat wave. It's like mid eighties mm-hmm. here. Um, mm-hmm. they, they'll play outside all day and yeah. they're sweating and they're playing hard. And then they come in, they're like, God, I have a headache. And I'm just like, well, did you drink enough water? And that is my first go-to too, which is so yep. funny because, yeah. you know, it's a pretty, like you said, it's pretty simple. And, um, you know, especially with kids, I, you know, I encourage my kids to drink mostly water. We don't do a lot of other things. Um, you know, we do as like, you know, I, I hate to call it a treat because I don't really believe in treats. I just believe in like, eat what you feel like. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, juice and stuff is not something, you know, like it's great, but it's got the sugar, even the full fruit juice. I mean, even when it's fresh squeezed juice, like it's great, but yeah. water itself is pretty darn good too. I love that you go to that for your kids because that is something I think people often don't realize is, you know, our bodies are over 60% water. So when I say hydration or dehydration influences almost every process in your body, I mean it. But the one that we typically notice, it's not like you're kind of like, oh, you know, I think I'm dehydrated because I feel like my liver's not detoxifying as well and my kidneys are struggling (laughs) a little, you know, but we always notice what happens to our brain. And a lot of symptoms of dehydration are cognitive in nature, headaches, dizziness, fatigue, irritability. You know, we know that our mood and our concentration can dip down. Um, We can have like slow reaction times and we are kind of performing or playing a sport or something like that. So those are like tangible things that people notice. Um, And, you know, it's interesting because the body is so resilient and if we don't give it enough of whatever it may be, a nutrient, calories, water, it will find a way to kind of make it work until you fill that gap for it. And when we're talking about dehydration, one of the ways the body tries to compensate is to need less water by shrinking your brain a little bit. So, you know, whenever I'm talking to clients who have those cognitive side effects of dehydration, I explain that to them because I picture it as like, I got a little raisin brain up there. It doesn't shrink that much. It's, It's a small amount that it does. But that's just one of the ways the body says, well, I guess she's not giving us enough water. So I'm going to need to use a little bit less. And the brain is a large organ that does use a lot of water to function. So I love that that's your first question because it would totally be mine too. And honestly, it's probably majority of what they're feeling is that dehydration. And it's really hard because, you know, like yeah. looking at commercials, you have all these athletes that are like, drink Gatorade. Yeah. This, and it's, I mean, we're the ones that, that they're like, drink water because water yeah. doesn't sell. I mean, right. Exactly. Honestly, that's something really important to talk about. But yeah, absolutely. And, you know, those like electrolyte replacement mixes and when they get into like the Gatorade with the sugar and the carbohydrates, those can be appropriate when we're talking about like athletes exercise lasting over an hour. But totally. for the average person, just water during that um, exercise or throughout the day is good enough for us. We usually meet our electrolytes through other ways. Um, but yeah, water doesn't really sell. I mean, when's the last time you saw a water commercial? Um, I don't know. Like never. <laughs> yeah, never. No, actually never. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you don't, you know, you big athletes aren't like associated with that, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, so can you like just scientific, I'm kind of a science geek. Um, yes, science, same. like what happens to our body when like we drink water? Like, obviously you said our brain, but like, what are some things that like, I'm, envisioning our little cells like with straws going yeah I know that's what I picture too because I feel like the body anytime we ingest something nutrients or hydration it just goes to work sending it where it needs to be sent and using it properly or how it needs to be ideally when when our systems are healthy so our brain is definitely a really 
large kind of stopping point to fill up when we're talking about how the body uses that hydration. But really from the neck down, literally every process is more efficient when it's properly hydrated. So when we're talking about like digestion is probably the second biggest thing I see with chronic dehydration is usually constipation. There's not enough water moving through that digestive tract to make those stools looser to keep going through. So if you're someone who's constipated and tired all the time, those might be your symptoms of, oh, I need to drink more. You might not feel that thirst. And that's confusing for people. They're like, but I'm not thirsty or my urine's a good color, but they might have these other symptoms. So you know, brain function is definitely the biggest. Then I would say um, digestion is really important and is highly influenced by how well hydrated we are. Like I mentioned a little before, like your liver and its ability to detoxify, your kidneys excreting out waste through that urine is optimized when we're properly hydrated. Our joints stay nice and cushy, so we hopefully prevent aches and pains and injuries. It also helps kind of just regulate homeostasis in the body, you know, our blood pressure, our heart rate, our body's temperature regulation. So really when I say hydration influences everything in the body, it does. Every body system can be improved. I love that you just used the word. I'm laughing. I love that you just used the word homeostasis because it's actually my my word of the current moment. Um, Yeah. I've done multiple uh, um, podcast recordings and uh-huh. homeostasis has come into them um, more than once, multiple times. I look at that. I'm very on brand. I didn't even know. Yeah, you totally are on brand <laughs> because I'm, 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 I have a science background. I was pre-med in college. And so like, yeah. you know, science-y words. But homeostasis, the reason I love it is because when I talk about food, when I talk about diets or non-diets, um, when I talk about what you want, I feel like your ultimate goal is to get back to homeostasis in all forms. You know, exactly. like with with your cravings, with the way you eat, like everything. Homeostasis mm-hmm. is almost like I envision it this like happy place with like yeah. rainbows and sunshine and like, and that's where you want to be. And sometimes you go down a little bit where you're, you know, you're just not doing everything you need. Like maybe you're on vacation and you're, you know, living on French fries and cocktails. Speaking from experience, this has happened. <laughs> but yeah. then when you know what homeostasis is, and that's the key, in my opinion, is to know what it feels like to be in homeostasis. Yes. Because yeah. if you don't know what it feels like, you don't really know how to get back there. But when you've, sure. when you've reached that knowing what it feels like, your body automatically tells you, I need more of this. I need to get back to my happy place. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love that you use that word because it's like, yeah. to me, it's like my favorite word right now. <laughs> well, I actually love how you referenced color because I always talk to clients. I feel like most people come in very black or white thinkers, either they're living in this extreme or they're completely quote unquote off the wagon. They want food rules. They think they them, but then when they can't follow them, they feel like a failure. And I'm like, we need to stop being so black and white. We need to experience the gray or like, I like to say the color in between. So it's kind of that same thought process of usually most of our health problems can be solved by just striving for some sort of balance, homeostasis, middle ground, finding that color in between. It's almost never black or white, you know, that rigidity can cause other issues. So I love that. That's so funny. Yeah. Well, and I, I mean, I also envision it as a, um, almost like a, a a continuum, you know, and a pendulum that goes back and forth. And, you know, for me, like, I I think because I worked with kids with uh, different disabilities, and one of them was autism and autism, there's a spectrum, you Mm -hmm. know, like you're not, it's not a black or white, you know, disability. It's like, there's a spectrum, same with ADHD, same with anxiety, like kids and uh, people lie on the spectrum. And that's how I really see us, our bodies in everything. It's the spectrum. And, 
you're never like the needle is never always going to be in one spot and stay there. You kind of, kind of go back and forth depending on, it could be on the day, you know, like right. one day you're like, I'm great. And the next day you're like, oh my God, I was hit by a bus. What happened while I was yeah. sleeping? Right, right. Yeah. Well, that's the beauty of life. And also sometimes the scary thing for people when they're trying to figure out a health journey on their own is they're trying one set plan that is just this like inflexible set of rules or whatever. And every single day you are different. You know, it's kind of the facts of life as we, as our cells age, as we, as we age every single day, but sometimes having those super fixed plans kind of lead us to failure just because every day we are different. And you're right because those, that like stimuli, our body is um, exposed to changes. So how the oh, body yeah. needs to adapt to maintain homeostasis changes. So totally, yeah. especially right now. And those of you listening yes. right now, we are still really in the middle of this whole COVID pandemic right. situation. And, you know, things are like every day, there's something different. You know, I'm home with my husband who used to travel every week and now works mm -hmm. from home every day. I have mm -hmm. my three kids that, you know, they're in hybrid school right now, but they're split up. So I still don't have a single day away from children. Mm -hmm. And every day comes with something different. I mean, they have a new assignments every day. And like literally the last two days, whatever kid I've had home has been in tears because they couldn't do something and it throws yeah. you off. And, um, but talking about, you talked a little bit about, um, you know, the dieting or whatever. I, I want to talk about something, um, related to that is I've, heard in, you know, the, the diet culture area and for many, many times and for a long time about, oh, you're hungry, just drink water, fill your belly um, <laughs> so that, you know, you lose weight because, you know, yeah. so what, what would you say, like, what is, how is that related? I mean, cause uh, clearly that's not good because you right, need food. Right. Yeah. But have you heard of that? Oh gosh. Yes, I have. And I don't, I would love to know. There's all these little like isms within diet culture that I'm like, where did that start? Where did it come from? And can we send it back there? Because I don't know where that one came from, but I tend to see the average person that comes into my office. And I didn't mention this in my intro, but I consider myself like a non-diet, anti-diet dietitian. I actually don't even really focus on weight loss with clients. We focus on all other health metrics and then your weight lands where it's meant to land. Um, but I find most person, the average person walking in my office is not drinking enough water and they're not eating enough either. So really like that following or subscribing to that line of thinking might increase your hydration, but you're just creating a further disconnect between you and your body. If what you are experiencing is a true hunger sensation and you're choosing to ignore it or kind of push it off by drinking something, it's just like the sensation to have to pee. If I have to pee and I just say like, Oh, I'm just, I'm, I'm going to drink water instead, or I do something else instead. It doesn't change the fact that I still need to empty my bladder. So if what you're experiencing that moment is true hunger to, uh, choose to drink water instead is really not fueling or filling up your nutrition gas tanks anymore. So sometimes clients swear by or have had success in terms of short-term weight loss, short-term being the biggest thing to underscore there, um, using something like that, but it's almost never going to lead to long-term weight loss because we're not meeting our nutrition needs. We're ignoring our hunger. Um, the only positive silver lining is that maybe we're drinking more water, but I'm all about an abundance lifestyle. What can we add? Why do we have to subtract things? So let's add water yeah. and let's add food, you know? Yeah. Well, and one thing, I mean, there is something I think to be said about like, for example, and I think for me, I need this to myself, you know, when you, I know there's, you know, when you eat, it sometimes takes a little while for your brain to sure. register. I'm, I'm full. Yep. Um, so like, 
I have one son who shovels food in like my husband. He, they eat so <laughs> fast. It's absolutely insane. And then I have another son who literally will eat a pea at a time. I'm not even kidding. It's like, <laughs> oh my God. So dinner time, can, yeah, dinner time yeah. can last a while. But one thing I tell my son who shovels things in and says, I need more, I need more. I said, well, take a minute, you know, like mm-hmm. drink a glass of water. Take a minute, drink a glass of water, make sure you're hydrated along with, you know, eating. Um, Cause he's like me. I have a hard time drinking while I'm eating. I like to yeah. focus on one thing at a time. So sure. I said, drink a glass of water and give, give your body like 10, 15 minutes. And like, let's see where you feel. You might, if you feel hungry still, of course, eat some more food, but you might feel full at that point because your right. brain has realized. So, uh, I mean, it is important to do both. And I think that I've heard that as well too. Like drink a glass of water after you eat, make sure that you're hydrated before you eat some more. How does yeah, that I play into it? I think that's great. Like I said before, my biggest thing is helping my clients reconnect with and understand their bodies. And I think what you're saying is a really great learning opportunity of understanding the body. A lot of people don't, either they've heard that, but they don't actually take the time to kind of like um, experiment with it, or they've never heard that before, that it does take 10 to 15 minutes for the brain to catch up to the stomach and shut off those hunger signals and start to recognize, okay, our blood sugar is starting to increase. We're starting to digest these foods. We can turn off that hunger hormone. We don't need to keep eating. That does take time. Um, so when I hear that, I don't cringe as much as when I cringe when people say drink water instead of eat, because there is some legitimacy to, it takes a little while for those hunger signals to turn off. So to me, I think that's creating body awareness. I know that if I eat really fast, I'm not going to feel those hunger cues. I'm also not really mindfully eating then, you know, my whole thing with with clients is, yeah, let's be mindful eaters. Let's really sit and enjoy the food that we're eating. And if I'm eating super fast and not really experiencing it, am I being mindful? You know, totally. And that is, I mean, that is a huge thing for yeah. my son that I'm trying to teach him is mindful eating and mindfulness really he, in all things. And he does everything like that. You know, he's very mm-hmm. like fast, impulsive, like he does everything in that sense. So it's not just eating, yeah. um, but that is part of it. You know, I do, I am trying to teach him to enjoy his food. Whereas the other one, like he is my foodie, like he savors every little bite. It's yeah. so funny. You could see it in his face. He's like, and he makes Just noises when he eats. Oh yeah. <laughs> he literally makes noises. And one day I, I remember looking at him a couple weeks ago and going, man, one day your wife is going to think that's really annoying because he's like, <laughs> he literally is like, mm. Oh. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> That's so funny. You have such great examples of really either end of that spectrum there. Maybe he's a little too slow, but at least he's really yes. enjoying what he's eating and he's doing it kind of mindfully. Um, yes, for yeah. sure. That's awesome. Um, so what about like, cause I know, um, as far as, you know, you're told like how much water are you supposed to drink? How often do you drink it? Um, that kind of stuff. What would you say when it comes to that? Yeah. Um, I feel like a rule of thumb that gets thrown around a lot is like half your body weight in ounces or yeah. Um, And I don't really know where that comes from, but I usually tell people everybody's needs are super different. It depends on like your health history. If you have any cardiovascular or renal issues, if you live in a really hot, dry climate, um, if you are an athlete or even just an avid exerciser, but I usually tell people to try to strive for 75 ounces and kind of adjust from there. We do know that you can experience the side effects of dehydration if you're even one to 3% dehydrated, which I think is kind of crazy because, you know, let's 
keep that simple math. If I drink hundred ounces a day and I miss the mark by one to three ounces, I could be experiencing the fatigue, the constipation, that kind of stuff. Wow. So I know it's crazy. So I usually tell yeah. people strive for 75 and then adjust from there. If you still feel thirsty, if you still feel any symptoms of dehydration, then go up. If you feel good there, then stay there. Um, but in terms of like how often to drink all day long, there's another little movement that I've started on my Instagram, or I at least keep going on my Instagram, which is drinking water before your coffee in the morning. Um, because again, when I interact with the average client who's not drinking enough water and doesn't have that body awareness, they're trying to get rid of those cognitive symptoms. They feel that fatigue, that poor concentration by getting more caffeine in. And what they don't realize is that you can also improve that with just drinking more water. So the average person I might interact with First thing they do when they wake up is go for that coffee. Maybe coffee. they sip on it throughout the morning like I do. I don't know how many times I reheat it as a mom to a toddler. Um, and then I might not pick up my water until 9, 30, 10 o'clock when I've been up for a couple hours. So something I really encourage all of my clients to do that I do as well is at least have eight ounces of water before you even touch your coffee in the morning. And then just keep it with you all day. Keep it with you so that you always have that ability to be hydrated and kind of minimize those barriers to not being able to drink enough, especially because a lot of people are like you when you mentioned, Sophia, that you don't like to drink while you eat. That's really common. So mm -hmm. I usually encourage people to be drinking outside of those mealtime windows anyway. So, yeah. And that's, I mean, that's a good, I mean, that's, for, that's good to know that it's common because I've always been like, cause my husband actually is the opposite of me. We'll go to dinner and he will literally get his water glass refilled like three or four times when I've never had it refilled because yeah. I want to eat first. And he yeah. thinks I'm so weird. He's like, why aren't you <laughs> drinking your water? And yeah. which is good. I mean, I'm, it's good. Um, but I also, but he also eats super fast and I also savor things. So yep. you know, there's yeah. benefits to each, but I, um, that's, it's so true about the coffee. So what's interesting is I didn't start drinking coffee until like a year ago. And I'm not even kidding. Really? I, How I did was you not, exist on this earth for so long without coffee? I, so. And through I, <laughs> I, I just, caffeine, I almost have an intolerance to caffeine. Caffeine, mm. like just a little bit. And my mom is like that. Just a little bit would make me feel like literally I'm on crack. Like yeah. I would like yeah. be jittery and I couldn't function. I almost felt like I was out of control. So as I went through menopause, um, and I did, I went through early menopause and I'm kind of, um, through the other side of it almost. I, my body kind of started to change and I also have anxiety and, and I started exhibiting, um, you know, the whole things of feeling sluggish and, and it was a hormonal about, there's a lot of reasons behind that, probably mm -hmm. water related as well. Mm -hmm. Um, but part of it also with the digestion and stuff, um, having a little bit of coffee a few times a week helps kind of move things along for me. And I only drink a tiny bit. Uh, my husband got me an espresso for Christmas last year so uh -huh. I can feel fancy. Um, yeah. And I actually really love it because I can get the little tiny pods that give me just a tiny bit and then fill the rest. Like, you know, I either put it in a smoothie or fill the rest with like, I do sometimes a little bit of maple syrup um, mm -hmm. and then my almond milk just to make it something kind of, you know, yummy to sip on. Yeah. Um, but I don't start my day with that. I literally, that's kind of my mid morning. If I'm mm -hmm. drinking it that day, it's my mid morning. And, um, I do actually believe it or not start my day with water mostly because I work with functional medicine doc and I'm, I take different homeopathic supplements. So I have yeah. to drink the water in order yeah. to drink those, mm -hmm. but it's good because I definitely start my day with eight ounces. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. I just feel like it 
help, if nothing else, it helps people make sure they actually prioritize hydration and get to their goals yeah. sooner. And then every once in a while, your clients were like, wow, I actually am surprised that when I crushed 16 ounces of water before I even touched my coffee, I naturally started to feel more like awake and alert. And, you know, we're seeking those benefits from caffeine that we can often just get from plain old water. So um, again, I guess that's just not as sexy. That doesn't sell as well. No. But especially <laughs> it, it totally when we consider, doesn't. No, it doesn't. But it's true. I mean, that's, that's often with science. Like, just because it's not sexy doesn't mean it's not super valid. So yeah, that hydration is super important. And if well, we can start before we even touch that caffeine, all the better. I also um, work out early. Mm-hmm. So that's another reason why I, I personally cannot drink when I work out, but afterwards I'm thirsty. So yeah. that's another, you know, for me, it helps to, to work out early so that I'm drink my water as soon as I'm done. Um, I just, I could never, I've never, even when I used to run half marathons, I could take tiny little sips to wet my mouth, but mm-hmm. I couldn't drink it. It, um, makes my stomach hurt. So mm-hmm. I can't eat, I can't drink before I work out. Like I've tried it multiple times, does not work for me. So I usually work out and then do all my, um, my um, drinking and eating and all that stuff after. Yeah. Um, is there any benefit, speaking of what sells, because this yep. is, there, oh, yeah. is, there is water that sells. Is there any <laughs> benefit to like, there's so many different types. Like down here right now, we have like, a, um, we have the whole alkaline water that yes. you know, sold is better than regular. Is there any yeah. benefit to all the different kinds? And There is definitely a lot of different kinds. And it's funny that we've talked about water doesn't really sell because you're right that those alkaline waters and some of those brands do sell um, or do seem to have more of an appeal and draw to them. Um, really, first, I feel like it's a very privileged conversation to be able to have in terms of, 100%. Like, what type of water is best for me kind of thing, right? Um, but alkaline water became popular because it claims to be able to help the body kind of neutralize the pH or the acidity or alkalinity, is that correct, uh, of our body. Because yeah. we know that, again, that homeostasis, that's part of it, is that nice neutral pH. And when mm-hmm. we um, when that kind of becomes unregulated or dysregulated is when we sometimes see risk for chronic disease or diseases pop up. So there's a lot of lofty claims about the benefits of alkaline water, but the science to back those up, I haven't seen great science to date. And the other thing too, when we talk about science and learning more about our body, our body's pH is incredibly highly regulated by both when we breathe through our lungs um, and also through our kidneys. So the fact that we can think or should think that we can drink something and it's actually going to alter like our pH of our blood is, doesn't quite make sense either. So it well, isn't, is well, it harmful? Exactly. No. You know, I think that's something I always go to with clients if they are really hell bent on trying something or if they've heard something and they're really curious, I'm always going to look for first, what's the research to support it? And then I present that to them. Second, is it harmful? If it's harmful, then absolutely we're not, do not pass go. But if it's not harmful, then if you really want to try it, try it. So if you can afford alkaline water and you feel like it's helpful to you, it's not going to be harmful, but the research doesn't fully support the lofty claims. Well, and you're to go back to what you said at the beginning, it is such a privileged conversation to say that because I mean, the amount of people in this world that don't even have access to clean water, let alone fancy water is like, you know, and, and, you know, like that's one thing with we, and it's also hard because they say, um, that whole movement of no bottles and things like that, go fill up your water. And we actually switched to no bottles. I want to say a couple years ago. Now we have those, we had those jugs Mm -hmm. and there was a water place here that 
you could go fill them up filtered water and they had plain filtered and then they had alkaline and we kind of went back and forth um because we have the privilege to do mm -hmm. so um i would say definitely flavor wise we did prefer the alkaline flavor oh really yeah um, <laughs> yeah, because we did go back and forth and we even kind of did it like blindly just to see if we noticed it. Yeah. We definitely like the, there is a flavor difference. Um, although once you do one, you get used to it. So it's like not a big deal. Sure. Um, but then we got a new fridge about four months ago that has a filter built into it mm -hmm. uh, on the side inside because we never do the, the filters on the front just because it takes up so much room. But this one has this like nice little one on the inside and we were like, why are we spending money on water when it's right in our fridge? We might as yeah. well just spend money to, to change the filter every once in a while. Yeah. Um, so we've been doing that and we're totally used to that now. Um, but and we're still not using bottles, you know, we're still saving mm -hmm. the earth or whatever, <laughs> but it is, um, it is something that, you know, it is a good, good point that it's such a privileged conversation about absolutely. what kind of water should I drink? <laughs> you know? yeah. It's like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, lastly, I want some tips because this is for me. Oh, right. I have tried and I still go back to it. I go back and forth with, so I have you guys right now listening, can't see it, but I have a, a right now at home, I have a container with a straw top that I, for some reason, drinking water through a straw actually really helps me drink more. Absolutely. Um, I don't know why, but it just does for me personally. So I have that. And then I go back and forth between this and I have a bottle that I got from Amazon that marks the hours, which also mm -hmm. helps me. I definitely think that helps me. But for some reason, after I've done that for a while, I just lose, like I get bored of it or something. There's <laughs> some other tips and tricks that, you know, you, we can try for those of us that struggle with drinking water. Yeah. I love that you mentioned those too, because those two are definitely usually incorporated in when I'm talking about my tips to drink more water. I personally, nobody can see mine either, but I am a Nalgene girl because I prefer like a good old BPA free plastic. I don't like water to be super cold. I'm more of a room temperature person. So a Nalgene. Me too. Yeah. So a Nalgene is going to keep that temperature where I like it versus some people really only drink well or prefer cold water. So sometimes it sounds so silly, but it's one of those things where like you kind of do have to discover your drinking personality in terms of like do I like water or do I drink water more when it's cold or when it's room temperature that can kind of help me to go down this decision tree of do I want something that's like glass or plastic or do I want something that's stainless steel and going to keep it cold I like the Nalgene because I seem to drink better and get bigger gulps with like a wide mouth whereas Sophia is a straw person I definitely hear both so that's another thing to explore do I feel like I drink more with a straw or do I prefer a wide mouth so that's usually my first tip which sounds kind of crazy if you're not like if you haven't already gone down this like discovery journey but it's like find the water bottle that speaks to your soul <laughs> that like fits your hydration personality because I definitely notice days where like I forget the analogy at home and maybe I clean out and then refill like my Yeti coffee cup or something and the water stays colder and I'm not able to get as big of gulps I definitely notice I don't drink as much um, so that's usually my first tip my second tip, actually segueing into your second tip there too, some people need that visual reminder to help build a habit. You know, habit change is so hard for all of us because we are creatures of habit and we don't realize yeah. how often we do things, either healthy habits or not so healthy habits on autopilot. So we usually need like a visual or an external reminder. Maybe it's me being like, hey, do you have your water before your coffee? Um, you know, kind of thing. But definitely sometimes having those water bottles that have those times marked out. I have some clients who have developed like a little rubber band system or maybe 
they want to fill their Nalgene four times. So they always have four rubber bands on their Nalgene and they move one each time they refill it. I use, I'm a very like big paper planner person. So when I was first trying to get into the habit of drinking more water at the corner of every single day, calendar day, I would just draw four water dots or drops. And every time I would fill my water, I would color it in um, because that was my kind of like visual prompt of like, Ooh, it's halfway through my day and I've only colored in one drop of water. I need to pick that that. up a little bit. Yeah. Um, So definitely if you know you're a visual person or if you need an external reminder, there's fun ways to do that. There's also apps nowadays. There's one, I think it's called um, plant nanny and you literally have a little flower or plant. And every time you drink water and add it to the app, it waters your plant. So you're able to, Oh my God, that's so cute. Isn't it great? So (laughs) you're able to see that like visual reminder of like, Oh, my plant is growing and thriving or like, whoops, I'm killing my plants, you know, kind of thing. So I love that. Um, the other thing too, is really just, you know, start drinking early before you even have your coffee drink often and throughout the day when you find that water bottle for you, have it be part of your brand and your person to always carry it with you because we want to just minimize those barriers. We don't want to be somewhere and be like, man, I'm super thirsty, but I don't have water. I never put myself in that situation. I almost always have an algae with me somewhere. Well, and what's um, interesting is right now, um, right now with kids, so my kids are uh, hybrid at school, but the schools are, I mean, they, they have overdone with the precautions, which is great, yeah. you know, because yeah. hopefully that will move us towards every day. Um, but one of the things is, is they've removed all water fountains and they've yes. replaced them with water refill stations, mm. which is awesome because, um, number one, water fountains, in my opinion, are just gross. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's just me. Um, but it's great because it encourages people to bring water to school and mm. allows the kids to refill with, you know, we we'll talk about privilege, clean water because, yep. you know, cream, fresh water. And so um, that is a good thing to think about when it comes to like the bottle and always having it with you is we have to at school now because otherwise mm-hmm. you don't get water and it's and our teachers are so good at telling the kids like you need water every day like you cannot forget your bottle and they will email us if we forget to give them a bottle or they forget that's their great. bottle. So, um, yeah, it's a big thing, but yeah, that's a good point. COVID has definitely changed things. Um, and I've had clients and I feel like it's, I had one client who's a teacher who actually purchased some like dollar store reusable bottles for her students. Cause she was worried that not all of them would, would be able to afford them or have them. I have another yeah. who just always has bottled water in her classroom in case a kiddo doesn't have a refillable. Um, but it's definitely kind of added an interesting dynamic to it, but you know, it's definitely lessening those barriers even more. If I already have my refillable now, I just need to figure out where I can fill it with clean water kind of thing versus being totally stranded without any yeah. options. Totally. And you know, it's, it, it, it is, it makes things different and hard, but you know, it, it is so uh, getting multiple bottles in my opinion is probably the best idea. Like yeah. for me, like putting an empty bottle in the car versus a bottle of water, because especially here when it gets hot, oh, you don't yeah. want that bottle of water to like no. be leaking with the plastic and, yeah. and get warm and it's just gross. So mm-hmm. having empty bottles, I might do that in, in the cars just in case, like yeah. we go somewhere and especially now because it's hard to, um, I mean, even going to a store to grab a bottle isn't as easy anymore. You know, you gotta mm-hmm. have your mask. You sure there's so many yeah. things. So, yeah, um, well, this has been this has been awesome. Um, where can people find you if they um maybe want to join your water challenge or you know be able to tag you that you know if they really want some help with this um and many other things you do, but this is yeah just yeah. a simple thing to start with. 
So my social media, my Instagram and my Facebook is just my name. It's at Meg Carber RDN. Um, my TikTok is a different, oh, you're on TikTok too, right? We have some fun over there. Um, my TikTok is different TikTok. and I forget what it is. Yeah. Um, and then my website is uh, www.nourished-strong.com and there's more information on there. I've got some blogs. I think I have some blogs actually about water before coffee, hydration, all that kind of stuff. So and I will link all of these in um, the blog post that goes along with this. Um, and uh, so everybody can um, grab, can go grab your Instagram, TikTok, whatever it is. And I encourage everybody that if you are not a big water drinker, do something because it is such a simple thing to do. And mm-hmm. I definitely go through my moments of, um, you know, struggling, but I have been really more mindful about it lately, just with the heat. And I mean, we were in Oregon a few times in the last couple of months and uh, up in the mountains, it's so dry there. And I did notice a huge difference, especially with my digestion. Um, cause digestion is kind of a central struggle for me right now with, um, mm-hmm. my figuring out I'm intolerant to gluten. Um, you know, that whole thing. Um, it's, and I noticed that in the drier mountains, I, I was drinking so much more in order to, to keep up with my digestion. Um, Mm -hmm. so it definitely makes a difference, especially if you live in one climate and travel to another for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but thank you so much for being on with me. Yeah. It was awesome. And those of you listening, uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. Please make sure to rate and review. It helps us so much when you do that and make sure to visit Meg. Um, get on that water train and mm-hmm. tune in next time when I'm going to have another special guest talking very similarly about diets and why they don't work. So um, <laughs> it's going to be a good one. And thank you all. Appreciate you guys so much. <laughs>